0: Hi, this is David Sweet, CEO and founder of Focus Core Japan. And if you are like many of the APAC leaders that I speak to, you're struggling in Japan to find the right talent, you get bombarded with irrelevant resumes or a lack of resumes altogether, I would like to invite you to discover the power of Focus Core's retained search. Let Focus Core help you swiftly secure top tier talent in this candidate short market. I'd like to invite you to shoot me an email and explore how we're different and with 100% refundable trial, we can revolutionize your hiring process today. Now on to our podcast. Welcome to the Focus Core Podcast. I'm here with Nina Michaels-Kim, the Director of Partnerships Japan and Korea for the Institute of Management Accountants, or IMA. And so I'm very excited to welcome Nina to our podcast. Uh, She was in Japan last month, uh, and unfortunately I did not get the chance to meet her while she was here, so it's nice that we can spend some time together Um, on our podcast so welcome Nina.
1: Thank you David it's really great to be on this podcast with you yes exactly I'm so sorry that I missed you when I was in Japan in October
0: Yeah, so it's nice to chat now (laughs) and uh we've chatted on a couple of times but uh for the people who don't know about you um kind of give us a a rundown of your background and um Yeah, a little bit of just kind of your history, please.
1: Thank you. Yeah, so as a background, um, uh, so I'm how, you know, Japanese people would say typically old-fashionedly, they would say I'm a hafu, right? So I'm (laughs) a product of a Japanese mom and an American uh, father. I think we say that,
0: uh, they say you're a double now. That's now they say W. Yes. Yeah, like the double
1: <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Because it is true because yeah. you know you're bicultural and bilingual. Um and my father was in the Air Force he's retired now. Um but so I grew up um mostly in at Yokota Air Force Base in fusta in Tokyo. <laughs> And I graduated high school from there and then went to Pomona College in California. Spent uh, my four years there, um, enjoying the West Coast, got my BA. Um, And, you know, my goal was, you know, to go into international diplomacy. And um, so then I went to Georgetown University, joined their master's um, for the School of Foreign Service um, and really (laughs) was trying to um, go into the State Department. Uh, foreign service. But then I had second thoughts during my second year. So I started to go into business uh, because, you know, I wasn't quite sure if my Japanese language was really going to take me to Japan in the State Department. <laughs> Most likely not and uh, uh, or until very, very late in my career if I can ever manage it. So then I switched to business. I was already working to pay for some of my schooling as a bookkeeper for a nonprofit health organization in Washington, D.C. And that was the key uh, why I actually uh, applied, uh, you know, to many pharmaceutical companies. And uh, actually, I found um, the key when I went to a career fair for Japanese speakers. And there I met a recruiter from Sandoz, which is a Swiss pharmaceutical company. Um, and he said, OK, you you can join us, but you need to have spent two years uh, in our global headquarters at Basel. And I was like, Basel, where's wow. Basel? Basel, Switzerland. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A <laughs> uh, Two years management training program. And um I said, okay, I'll do that. And then two years later, I could go to Japan, which was my dream, you know, to work in Japan. And um, then I, what happened is one year into that management training program, Basel uh, in Basel. Sandoz merged with Siva Geigy, their, yeah. their rival, and they became Novartis. And so all these plans went, you know, they were kind of went down the drain. <laughs> and, um, they, I was, uh, really disappointed, but actually it was also fun to work on the merger, uh, as I was in the corporate train controlling training, mm-hmm. um, and then, uh, contributing to headcount reductions, uh, you know, doing all the cost savings and, you know, working my way up in corporate finance there. Um, So it was sort of sad. But then on the other hand, I was really enjoying what I was doing in finance. Um, So I spent six years with Novartis. Sandoz, Novartis combined. And then after that, I went to, you know, I wanted to get out of uh, the global headquarter environment. If I couldn't go to Japan, then I'll go to another Swiss affiliate of another company. Um, And I chose um, MSD, which is uh, the Swiss affiliate of Merck & Co. Um, And uh, I spent eight years there, uh, initially as manager of financial planning and analysis, um, and I got my CMA there, the, which is the U.S. CMA, uh, which I'll explain later, but it stands for Certified Management and Accounting. Um, and uh, that uh, was really nice. The company paid for it, let me have time off to study for it. And I um, from there, I got a better position. Uh, I was leading a team of four, became financial controller, uh, head of compliance um and also worked also on the regional um financial planning and strategic planning so that was really nice uh I spent eight years with MSD um but as a, you know with a family etc and due to many reasons I got out of the pharmaceutical industry and um had my created my own company and at the same time I um as a volunteer, since I now was an IMA member as the US uh, Mm -hmm. CMA. Mm -hmm. So I created the Swiss chapter just purely as a volunteer. Um, And I had a lot of other members who really wanted to also support creating, uh, establishing a chapter in Switzerland. And it was quite successful, thanks also to the members um, that helped me um, and uh, very interesting is that because it was so successful that the um, IMA CEO, CEO and president, Jeff Thompson, came for our charter ceremony. And at that meeting, he saw what we did and he said, you know what, I would it would be great if you also set up the um, whole operations for IMA in Europe. And that's how I got started, working for IMA. So nice. I spent about eight years setting up um, – IMA's operations in Europe, so set up the Zurich office, um, also Amsterdam and Europe, and um, has is really big. So visited Turkey, Russia. We have a lot of members um, in Europe, and it was a really nice experience. But I've now handed over that uh, uh, that uh, whole Europe operations to my successor, and. Now I'm in my current role that you mentioned yeah. already, which is, you know, dedicated support to Japan and Korea IMA members and spreading awareness and building partnerships such as the partnership with Focus Core. And yeah. so because I'm remotely based still in Switzerland, because, you know, now I've been here over 25 years, this is my home, <laughs> but I definitely visit at least two times a year without COVID. And, you know, that's why I just visited in October and hopefully um next early next year in 2023 and there i hope to meet you in person
0: david <laughs> we'll, we'll do that but that's that's a long way to to get to uh you finally got to japan to work in japan which uh well done it's a
1: thank you that's actually my dream that's what it's that's like i, I have a blog about this and maybe i'll you can put the link to um in this podcast uh, when people come to it because uh it's funny the the windy roll uh, road and you finally achieve your childhood dream of uh using japanese language skills and supporting you know people in japan
0: (laughs) yeah it's interesting i mean being a recruiter and you know people come to me for career advice and ask about you know how to get from point a to to Z, and it's not it's not always a straight line and it's not the way you think i i I love how you've gone, moved from major pharma companies, and then you create your own company. But then all of a sudden you're you're running IMA and <laughs> for Japan and Korea just by you know volunteering, and then it just grows, right? You you would never predict that, right?
1: Yeah. So uh, my colleague said, you know, life works in mysterious ways. <laughs> it sure does. <laughs> Isn't
0: that wonderful? That's great. So. Tell us, I mean, we want to talk about the the IMA a little bit. Let's let's start there. Tell us about that.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I. It's really interesting because it is, um, you know, from the entry point of the working as a finance professional, but I still get to work together with. Um, with like-minded people, people who are like me, who were financial planning and analysis or CFOs that I was reporting to and supporting. So it's really interesting combination how I pivoted from um, being a financial professional and actually being in business development, um, supporting them. So IMA is the global association for people like You know, financial planning and analysis uh, managers, directors, uh, all of our members, we have about 140,000 members worldwide. They mainly work for the CFO team. Um, They are mainly working in companies and organizations. And this is as opposed to those, uh, you know, certified public uh, accountants who are, you know, on tax and auditing and compliance and working usually in the big four, you know, Deloitte and and PwC, et cetera, Mm -hmm. uh, well-known companies. But our members are normally working in companies like I was. I was working for MSD. Uh, We have a lot of, you know, also manufacturing. It's not just pharmaceutical industries. Um, and then you know there are members who also work for Big Four, mainly in the advisory area, um, and we have people who have both certifications. They um, they want to have the whole uh, accountant experience, both CPA and CMA. We also cater to them. You know, so right. it's not that uh, we don't care about tax and compliance. That's not at all. But our focus, we're uniquely. Um, dedicated i am a uniquely dedicated to the management accounting people working within companies supporting the business achieving their goals um and decision support um that's really our focus um and we're global where uh, our headquarters is in montville new jersey u.s but and we Try to give localized um, support, and then we have four regions: so Americas, of course, Asia Pacific. I'm part of the Asia Pacific team, mm. even though I'm uh, <laughs> located now in Switzerland. Um, and we have Europe team that I mentioned before, and of course, one of our another good uh, strong area is Middle East, India, and Africa.
0: Cool. Right. There's a couple of questions I want to follow up on. On that, let's. Um, I guess first is. You know, what's the what's the big draw for people to join the IMA?
1: Yeah, it's great that you also asked that <laughs> because number one uh, you know our IMA, the number one role is actually administrating the program, the global certification that I mentioned, which is the certified mm-hmm. management accountant. okay. Um, in order to become a CMA, you have to be a member. We have other specialty credentials. You know, we also have um, certified in strategy and competitive analysis. So actually, my title um, has also the CSCA, the certified in strategy and competitive mm-hmm. analysis, which is the next level, advanced level for people who really want to become CFOs and um, high uh, director role, C level uh, strategy support to business partners and business units. So that. Uh, and we have other specialty credentials. Uh, we just released some other um, credentials in ESG, sustainability, and DE&I, uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion, which is mm-hmm, really mm-hmm. emerging topics, right? So yeah. these are things that IMA does. The main, our mission is developing, connecting, supporting um, financial professionals in business. Um, so that that's basically what we do. And, of course, certifying them. Mm-hmm. So that's the main draw why people join IMA.
0: Got it. And what's the the footprint look like in Japan?
1: Um, Japan is growing, but of course the t- um, ing- the exam is tested in English, so okay. you do have to have an adequate English level. Um, and I would say together, I you know I'm responsible for Korea and Japan. It's mm-hmm. almost six hundred members, um, and it, yeah, it's it. If people always say if it was translated in Japanese we would have so many members and stuff but you know the point is it on the other hand it is a unique thing for uh bilingual um Japanese mm-hmm. and Americans to sell so there's plus points pros and cons for either way
0: <laughs> sure yeah absolutely as a as a recruiter I think it's a, a huge uh point to have on their resume right what's uh, and then you had mentioned that there's more than 300 student chapters or student and professional chapters what tell me more oh, yeah about i that. forgot
1: to say exactly so that was the main impetus for uh joining IMA because i set up a chapter in switzerland right it, mm-hmm. so m- as soon as there's a critical mass um there's a impetus to join and form a local uh chapter um in whatever country or city and we have a lot of volunteers who are dedicated to do that because they also would like to network with the like-minded professionals. Mm -hmm. Um, So we have like in over 160 countries, uh, members in 160 countries, and um, there's a lot of chapters um, and there's one in uh, Japan it used to be two chapters there was a tokyo chapter and then a western japan chapter but we recently merged those two chapters to become one national chapter to be more inclusive we have members in hokkaido and kyushu so so that a a whole japan chapter is is actually more appropriate um and yeah we just launched that in october so um even though the, the Tokyo chapter has been over 20 years, uh it, it was great to make a merger of both of them to make it an even huge, uh, you know, even larger <laughs> chapter. Um and yeah, so the chapters, uh, we don't have any student chapters yet in Japan, right. but um in Philippines or in the US or also in uh in probably uh, Middle East, we have student chapters, and that that's when um, students can, together with a, a supporting faculty advisor, can set chapters and also uh, have even professionals for, uh, um, come to their classrooms or to the chapter meetings and get this, encourage this network between students and C-level participant, uh, um practitioners. Right. Mm -hmm. So that that's very attractive um, at a campus to have that uh, that uh, student chapter for students to make them more uh, globally minded and career minded and actually, you know, improve their um, resumes, their curriculums before they go to the job market. Because if they have this kind of leadership um, experience, so for example, if you're a president or on the chapter board of a student chapter, that makes you high, you know kind of marketable uh, marketable to other uh, companies and to see, wow, the you know that's initiative, being a leader, as a student, balancing like uh, studying together with uh, becoming a volunteer. I think that's also a lot of students have uh, found careers that way, or their first entry level job by being a part of a student chapter.
0: That's great. I I'm, I know that uh, just in, in speaking with you that, you know, the IMA has so much, uh, so many wonderful resources, uh, training, uh, as well as, you know, the certific- certification, but, you know, being able to connect others and supporting them and you have such a huge network so I, I think I applaud that I'd um I'd like to kind of broaden our, our topic from just because you have so many members and you're you're in a, in touch with uh so many finance professionals what what do you see now are the challenges that finance professionals now face
1: Yeah, I'm glad that you asked that because it's really, uh, really challenging for um, financial people. I mean, I think all uh, all career people, all industries, but especially finance people. And I think the pandemic has brought on a lot of um, new implications and also, you know, uh, automation. So. What IMA has done is we recently uh, released a new report uh, where we highlight the six mega trends um, that are impacting financial professionals. And the first one, of course, is remote work because of the pandemic. Um, And I believe, you know, Focus Core had a a webinar last night about this um, uh, October, yeah, November 9th. uh, And it would be great to hear from you about how uh, some of the uh, summaries summarized from that webinar uh about the challenges but this um this first mega trend that IMA also released in our report has there you know has impacted financial professionals. You need to be able to do remote closing now. You need to be able to remote onboarding of your team members. And these are uh, you know, quite a new, you know, new way of working changes to your physical workplace. This is quite a big mega trend that uh, financial professionals need to deal with. Um, second mega trend is the ESG, this, you know, environmental social governance, this, you know, you, we hear this a lot. This is an emerging topic for, you know, in Japan is, you know, on the forefront. It's increasingly necessary for reporting requirements, carbon emissions. People are definitely talking about it. There's the COP 27 going on right now. Yep. Um, you know, climate change, stake de- stakeholder demands. So companies need to be able to effectively and transport, you know, transparently report it and manage it, or they would have a negative impact. So this definitely impacts financial professionals. And, you know, the third mega trend is uh, ERM, you know, enterprise risk management. Mm -hmm. Uh, This has been around, but there's more awareness now, especially after the uh, pandemic. It's not a requirement that financial professionals actually need to predict like COVID nineteen, but we, they need to at least be um, aware of it. And you know, their enterprise risk management needs to have contingency plans, disaster recovery, and ensure business continuity. Hmm so that's the third megatrend and the, the fourth one it's closely uh uh it's d e and i i mentioned this before diversity equity and inclusion this is the s part of esg right the social yeah. part so it's very uh it goes hand in hand it's uh very Uh, necessary to do the equity part, you know, also customer representation for, you know, also on the board of a company, it's, uh, it's a competitive differentiator, you don't have only the same ideas and culture. So it's also part of the branding of a company. So it's critically important. So that's, we said that's the fourth megatrend. And the fifth one is what we maybe also, I mentioned before, automation and technology finance people really need to have this have you know transform their whole function and that's why we have hand in hand financial transformation uh, if they don't have uh, a, if they're not using AI and machine learning and programming of bots, you know, they're completely, you know, going to be dinosaurs. Right. Uh, they they really need to um, have uh, automate repetitive tasks so that they can go into value added tasks and support the business. So that's definitely the fifth mega trend. And the sixth one is closely related to that. And that's about upskilling because if if, and continuous learning and, that's what i should have mentioned more about the ima value to members or to to the um to the world community as a whole is is our um you know prolific offerings of uh cpe or continuous professional educational offerings because this upskilling this this la- you know a trend, mega trend of upskilling and continuous learning. This is so critical for finance people, right? Yep. Because if, if they do not do this, then, you know, they could be um, irrelevant. They have to future-proof pro- themselves. They have to be aware of, you know, data visualization, Tableau, blockchain, RPA, mm-hmm. you know, and not only that, but also work on the soft skills because all these trends that we talked about, remote work, uh, DE&I and ESG... You, they, you do need to have the leadership skills, you need to have the um, soft skills, how to deal with um, different cultures, how, you know, how to um, coach people remotely. This All these yeah. things are so important. And that's why it's upskilling, not only in the technology and analytical fields, um, you know, and also to be fast. We also have courses on agile and scrum, all this kind of stuff is so important. So that that's the six mega trend of upskilling and continuous learning. So I I believe that especially after COVID, um, these you know mega trends they're continuing to grow in importance, right? So mm-hmm. I think upscaling ties all of these six mega trends together.
0: That's a lot. That's a. Is there a a link to the r- report?
1: Okay, yes, that's a great idea. I could also um, send you uh, things. Uh, we released that report together on the International uh, Management Accounting Day, May 6th. Right. And I, right. I, will, I will send something about that. That's you.
0: great. Yeah, I mean, the, those are huge, right? The, those megatrends. So the six, remote work, environmental, social governments, uh, ERM, enterprise risk management, diversity, Inner equity and inclusion, automation and upskilling and continuing education. So, the yeah, we talked about remote work yesterday, and I think one of the the biggest challenges around that was just as you'd already said was the management and upskilling and learning how to manage. Everybody wants to do a good job, or that they were forced to during the pandemic to just work remotely. now how how do managers change how they they work? Um, can they work in Japan a lot of the finance professionals were the ones that had to go into the office that were forced to do closing to to get to some of the technology because mm-hmm. the, the the technology in Japan is behind. So I I find that um, there's so much potential there for for Japan, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. I'm surprised that even our, <laughs> I shouldn't say surprised, but we should be at the forefront about that. But the IMA finance department was also able to do, you know, like uh, we were quite ready about this, all of our technology and remote closing and remote publishing of our um magazine i because i think that you know i in japan it wasn't completely locked down right Mm, no so yeah and that's why they 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 got away with it kind of and so that's why they're behind a little bit in japan because for a lot of countries it was quite a complete lockdown you really couldn't go until uh to the office unless you were first responder you know like uh, nursing and medical fields or uh, grocery markets etc so it's um, then you're forced to do it you really needed to do remote closing remote onboarding but it is quite difficult I agree with the management part of it because I I, what I think is that if you were a long time member of an organization then you could you already had the um, you know, personal kinships or the uh, collegial atmosphere, you're a part of a company already. So, you know, a three year absence or two and a half, or uh, an absence of just working remotely, you can kind of handle that. But if you are a new person just joining, um, and you weren't able to ever get that um you know atmosphere or uh, feel part of the company yet I think that is co- really difficult it's quite mm-hmm. difficult to get them um working remotely and smoothly uh collaborating with people when you've never ever met them before so yeah, yeah that, well that was
0: the uh, I think the one a big takeaway that I I've we've gotten uh, when from our webinar and from you know the surveys that we've taken was that people don't mind coming into work and some people there's so there's always extremes there's people that want always to work from home 100% people want to come to the office 100% but in general most people want a hybrid of of sorts uh, but people also want a want the reasoning behind things if we're going to go to the office it's going to be for collaboration and let's let's think about and make that time important and time is now much more important because I think like uh, commuting time we for two years we never had to commute and so people have been able to take up hobbies or spend time with family that they weren't allowed to before Um, and so that's so important uh, it was quite interesting. I think for me that the the takeaways uh, for that was that people really need to think through and justify coming to the office and how time is spent.
1: I, I agree. That's, that's also been um, coming out through IMA surveys with their own employees and then also with uh, our members there's got to be a justification for coming in uh, and, you know, you don't want to go commute for a long time and then <laughs> not, not, not any, there's no collaboration taking yeah. place. Right. Other or somebody else is on, on remotely too. Uh you're meeting somebody about what, what's the reason, or what's the purpose then. Right. So I agree with that. I, I think it's important to have that kind of uh, team meetings, you know, scheduled ahead of time. Yeah. Um, like in-person meetings and hmm. then have a justification
0: and and, uh, and it's wonderful creativity that's come out for managers one how do you build that uh, team building um, how do you manage by objectives? How do you keep in contact and build camaraderie and you do that online and, and people are thinking of creative new ways of doing things, which is, is wonderful. Um, and using technology, which I, I think in new ways that we thought we couldn't, which, which leads me to my next question as a, as a segue, what do you think in the the future of finance with technology as, as that is uh one of the the things that the IMA is looking at for their megatrends talk about technology yeah, a little bit yeah
1: thank you thank you so much for asking that yeah it's it's definitely um really important for financial people and you know what i mentioned before about this uh data and uh technology now we have access to a lot of data And I think for uh, financial people, what's crucial is what to do with that data and Mm -hmm. how to relay it and how to actually, uh, you know, use it to come up with, you know, strategic insights and um, decisions that will help the business. So what we, you know, we have uh, our courses like a data visualization um, and, you know, analytics. Courses, Mm -hmm. fundamentals, and even an advanced level. Um, And also storytelling, which is just a a soft skill, but it's so important for financial people to move uh, from just somebody that creates reports (laughs) to somebody that could actually use that data to um, convey a story and to um, try to get. Yeah, get the um the decision makers, the business unit directors to actually um decide on an important decision that impacts the whole company. So I think that is the you know biggest change. Um it's of course you need to be aware of all this, what I mentioned before technology like RPA and blockchain and, and um tableau, et cetera. But it's actually the the leadership skill, storytelling skill, the soft skill to to make sure that um, the executives can understand all of the data. Um, I that that's the huge, the biggest one. I think you wanted to say something about something. <laughs> well, I,
0: our our audience can't see me clapping when you said uh, storytelling, because um, it's we did a survey here and the number one skill that all the managers said was they all to improve as a financial professional learn storytelling. And when I talk to CFOs, they're looking to hire someone and they're like, we need someone that can give the story behind the numbers and explain what's going on. And, and storytelling cannot be um, underrated as far as if you want to upskill as in a financial professional, as well as many other parts, storytelling.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I was really lucky. Um Back in Novartis, one you know, I won my highest role in Novartis was head of uh, finance and IT department. And going mm-hmm. into the IT department, I had my, the CIO there was uh, quite good about like, okay, we have to present our finances to the CEO. And we, what's our story, you know? Nice. Like, I, And I would have never, if I had was stuck in the financial, um, you know, siloed finance department, I don't know back then, especially if I would have ever... Um, come across that were like wow that's my duty too it's not just coming up with the numbers but actually what's the story so mm-hmm. it was great that I um, actually had the opportunity to work with him and got that uh, and so that was even 10 years ago and we had the same request when I was heading up uh, IMA for the Europe region
0: mm-hmm. lots
1: of requests also um, for building up financial people so they could have this strategic insight and um, convey a story, the storytelling skills. And IMA does have a skill storytelling for financial professionals. We have a course about that. So um that is uh, quite one of our popular courses uh, highly in demand. It, it it is definitely difficult um for a traditional finance person, Um, Who perhaps, you know, was more on the reporting side, really um, heavy into data and details to come up and to see the overview, um, uh, you know, the complete story of what they're trying to do Um, for that to move from details to insights Mm. (laughs) to the overview is quite difficult. And that that's another skill that um, financial people need more and more. Mm.
0: Well, one of the, the questions uh, you were, when you were out, you were, you met Jonathan and Hisato from our team. And I I talked to both of them about how to develop as a business partner and, and move towards a strategic enabler role. How do you, how do you see that? Um, how do you see financial leaders improve and and move towards that strategic enabler role? Yeah, it's,
1: it's great that you asked that to so i mentioned already about you know the data is there you know how to you use it and relay it so that's part of the storytelling but also another thing is the analysis part right mm. so the financial planning analysis part and analysis is really what we're now seeing is not just you know you know there's a many different forms of analysis Uh, starting with a basic, uh, you know, analytical skill, predictive, and then prescriptive, which is solving problems. I mean, this is something that not all financial people can do. But Mm -hmm. it's if you want to become this enabler and business partner, it really is and that's what i've also mentioned i i came into this role mostly within um when i went to the swiss affiliate in msd where i actually i was solving uh problems together with the business unit director and this is um you know being a business partner to them how can we achieve your objectives and, and uh also the company objectives together so the, this is something that is quite um and again, it's it takes going back, uh, changing from the long time ago bookkeeper transactional pr- uh, processing type of person into somebody who is the strategic enabler. It, it, you, the analysis part will help on um, the tools that you get. We have also a whole complete um, uh, course curriculum on financial planning analysis to get this um, insight, how to become, go from predictive, pre, uh, prescriptive analysis, and you get the tools so that you can support decisions, um, and also the soft skills, and, you know, what I mentioned, I also had this other specialty credential, this, uh, you know, co- strategy and competitive analysis, that was really great to also learn about strategic insights, and, you know, like, uh, you know, Bluefield, all this kind of uh, how do you help with um, business unit directors and the company to become more competitive? Mm, This mm, is something mm. like it's almost like a um, mini MBA course, right? It's like getting this kind of information is so important so that you have the business acumen to become a strategic enabler. You cannot just be um, a financial professional only knowing about financial accounting subjects and topics you really need to have this kind of business uh acumen and and almost this mini mba thing that to to have this kind of uh be a strategic enabler that's Mm. my opinion (laughs) so uh, we have those tools and it's it's really again going to upskilling um and maybe it's also part of your personality i uh, one of my comments as as a you know i've had almost i know 13 to 14 years of financial professional experience. My feedback, the strengths was I was such, I gave good customer service, you know, like I wanted to be a supporter of them and always went out of way, got out of my desk, and went out of um you know my little uh, cubicle or office or my uh, and went to the um people, the business unit directors themselves, and went there to their desk, tried to help them, try to um understand their issues and to become a strategic enabler. I think that's the key. Um, have the tools, go have this uh, analysis of FPNA tools, go through our courses, get the strategic insight to the uh, competitive analysis and uh, cert- uh, strategy certification, mm-hmm. but also your personality of getting out and trying to support like kind of like a customer service within a company, internal consultant within a company, right? Mm-hmm. I think that is so important if you have that, um take your take yourself out of your comfort zone not just doing reporting and um in your own office and playing with thing uh tableau and everything just by <laughs> yourself on your desk but actually going out right and helping
0: yeah yeah so i i a a couple of things to take away i mean the first is just that uh being able to be a leader that's seen I think and especially now with this you know working remotely it's so important to to take the initiative to you know turn on the camera and call someone up and and have you know just a quick how are you doing and and be able to be that leader Um, but the second part that i think that you're really highlighting very well is the development tool of it and obviously ima is just amazing for that I think you'd uh, written somewhere like 75% of IMA's courses are available for free Um, and you know you have like kind of just this off-the-shelf standardized training um, that employees can use uh, employers can use which I think is fantastic right it's it's spot on it's um, very skill specific to to finance professionals um I would love to spend a little bit of time kind of just talking around the IMA Finance Academy. And because you had mentioned like there's a couple of there's two tracks through that Finance Academy. And I think that'd be interesting for our listeners to hear those two.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thanks uh, about that. Yeah, I mentioned this, that the salary re- um, release guide launch um, mm-hmm. in October. And since you weren't there, uh, but I and also to listeners of this podcast, you know, this tool uh, or this new um, uh, offering from IMA for companies, for our corporate partners, this IMA Finance Academy, it was really developed because we got so many requests from a lot of our corporate partners Uh, worldwide that, you know, they would like to have this turnkey solution, this Mm -hmm. off the shelf thing, you know, to help continuous learning for their employees, their staff, to upskill, to help them, you know, invest in their staff so that they could become the strategic enabler and business partner that you mentioned. Um, And, you know, why would they uh, develop their own thing if they can just use ours. So that's the yeah. you know, impetus for this uh, IMA Finance Academy, because we have we're, you know, like a prolific developer of, of content uh, for our members. You know, why we do that again, just to say about this, even before this upskilling, the need for upskilling because of automation technology, IMA was always about continuous learning. We as a CMA, in order to maintain your CMA certification, you, you need to have at least 30 hours of uh continuous professional education each year. So that's the reason why they offer to members these courses, um, always continuously develop because, you know, we would we, we get bored. We can't get CPE for using the same uh, courses. That's why we have so many courses. Um, and that's what um, our corporate partners said, who are already CMA, say. hey, we would like to offer this to all of our employees. And that was the reason for the IMA Finance Academy. So we have these two tracks, because, you know, they're, we have one membership um, track, which is the first track, which is only to have access to all of these courses that I mentioned and webinars um, on uh, also emerging topics. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that gives um, this membership track gives like a, a discounted membership to our corporate um, uh, mem- partners and they they can offer all of our courses to their staff. So they, that, that is so important to create this continuous learning culture. Right. Um, to retain members, uh, retain your uh, staff and employees by offering them, hey, for you to learn and upskill and um, here's some courses that you can take for free. And our courses are specifically tailored for financial and accounting, financial professionals. So it's so important. It's not um, basic skills like that. Maybe you can find in LinkedIn learning or something. These are really, um, really tailored for um our members, and we have, you know, foundational to more advanced level um, courses. So that that's the membership track. And then the second track is the USCMA track. And this is it includes everything that I mentioned before that could be found in the membership track, but mm-hmm. also you can be enrolled to the USCMA program as a candidate. Oh, wow. So you can mm-hmm. get that certification that I um, got, uh, you know, uh, almost 15 years ago within Merck, but uh, which is, off, you know, this globally recognized professional certification mm-hmm. to, you know, really prove that you have the management um accounting skills to support business and that's what i was also uh i forgot to mention this david but you know through upskilling when i got the cma i got so much more confidence in myself Mm. because i've had this tool that i passed this exam that's what enabled me to more go out more to to the business units to to actually um have a say and to voice my opinions during uh corporate meetings so I think that's also giving this confidence is also a big role about having this CMA uh, behind your name on your, you know, your business card. Uh, so, you know, this CMA track uh, compared to the membership track, this is really for your high potentials who, you know, CFOs, um, fp and people, financial planning analysis directors, finance directors, people who will, you know, in, go, who are in the succession plan to move up. As I mentioned, it could, it's like a, almost like a mini MBAs, mm-hmm. but it's less expensive than an MBA, right? So it's a great way to train future leaders. um And, you know, it's global. You know, I found out about the CMA when I was in Switzerland. Yeah, So you see how global it is. We have Um, so it's not, um, as opposed to the CPA, which is very tied, the U S CPA is tied to the U S state boards of accountancy. Mm -hmm. So, and you need a lot of, uh, accounting credits to get that. That's why it was totally out, uh, out of the question for me, because I didn't have accounting credits. I was, uh, my major was international diplomacy and international relations. So, uh, for me, the CMA was clearly my, uh, profession of choice because, And also it was uh, at that time, you know, I could take it in Switzerland. Um, and it was my area. I was definitely, right. um, all about, uh, you know, value creating, not looking at the past, not looking at taxes and compliance and regulatory reporting. I was all about trying to help businesses decision support, um, you know, planning and analysis, which was my title, you know, mm-hmm. so that right. is totally CMA. So, so the CMA track, you would get the, um, you know, as I mentioned, it's like you get, the um, enrolled inside you're entered into our program You become a candidate um, and the you know the CMA is really focused the exam is focused on the 12 core areas that are necessary to become this business partner and strategic enabler that we mentioned Mm -hmm. Uh, it's it's two exams Um, each exam is about four hours each um they're challenging rigorous um especially for non-native English speakers but globally our pass rate is about 50 percent, so it's mm-hmm. achievable it's feasible and I think that's important so also for full-time working uh professionals
0: it's fantastic when i it's uh that's why it's so exciting to partner with you guys so when I because doing the uh, executive career coaching for People and and there's two things that professionals who are high achievers need to work on is one is skills, the other is network. And usually technical professionals are very good at the skills side, whereas sometimes communication people are very good at the network, and it's very challenging for potential, high potential. Executives to meet both of those needs, those skills in the network, and to have that to bridge that confidently, and that's the wonderful word that you used was uh, having the confidence to do that, and that's why I think the the academy is just exceptional because it helps those high potentials bridge that gap, and that small investment is a huge investment in a career. And what's going to happen at the end of when they get are certified. So um, that's very exciting. You know, I think that's a, a wonderful program uh, for finance professionals. So thank you for sharing about that.
1: Thank um, you. No, I love to. I, I loved how you summarize everything. I wouldn't I, I couldn't say it any better than you did. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. Um, and getting it early on is even better for your career but yeah. even what well, you can even do it right right now you know it's and and it's like transitioning from like the oh, if you want to use it as a vehicle to transition from um traditional accounting to go into management accounting and financial planning analysis that's one of the main reasons why people do it in Japan too
0: mm-hmm. and so um as we're we're, we're coming up on time one of the things i love to ask all my guests is um uh, is to ha- have an omiyage for listeners um so so i'm very excited i'm i'm on pins and needles Nina to hear what uh, you might offer for an omiyage for our listeners today
1: yeah, I'm so glad you asked about this. Uh, so the omiyage for your listeners and actually all of the uh, individual clients and companies of focus core, if you might still be unsure or you're like uh, considering about the IMA Finance Academy or the USCMA, but you're still not quite certain about taking the commitment, what we have, uh, so the drum roll, uh-huh. you know, three months trial opportunity for you guys to try out IMA membership for three months for absolutely free. And when I mentioned three months trial, um, IMA automatically offers a 3 months grace period to our membership so so this means uh even though it's 3 months trial it's actually a uh, 6 months six duration months. yeah so everybody can try out IMA members use our resources take advantage of our you know continuous professional educational courses for free for 6 months um and the best part of this is that within the 6 months you know as i mentioned to to become uh to enter the US CMA chart you do need to be a member so you already have the membership part paid for so you could just sign up for the CMA uh exam during that 3 months trial
0: so oh, wow. this That's link,
1: great. yeah i know this omiyage um will be in the thang, um in a format of a link that your clients can uh, or listeners can just click on this. Um, and, and it'll be, take them right to this three months uh, trial where they just have to fill in their you know um, email address and uh, just critical fields so that they can get the welcome email. Welcome email listen. that would have the Focus Core logo on it. I already seen it. It's uh, looking good. And that link will be sent out in the next um, upcoming Focus Core Finance and Accounting mailing newsletter. Um, And actually, uh, anybody on your team, Jonathan, uh, Hisato, or Simon, anybody on the finance accounting team can just give that link to your clients.
0: Fantastic. Well, that's super exciting. Thank you, Nina. And uh, we will put uh, links in uh, the show notes to that. We'll also have uh, we encourage people to connect with you on LinkedIn as well and yes if please. if people have questions is it best to email you yeah um, we'll, for
1: sure they can email we'll put that me in there. yeah put my email there and michael's kim uh, all of one word no no hyphen um Fantastic. at ema.net.org, or just find uh, me and linkedin i'm also on twitter at nina michaels kim also right. all one word no, no uh, is
0: hyphen. it a real account is it a real account nina
1: <laughs> that is so true i am I, not sure if i want to pay eight dollars a month to elon musk but <laughs> but this one is
0: oh. we may we may not have a twitter account when we when this goes live yeah, so we, we shall see it's interesting yeah well, well thank you so much for for spending time with us nina to to tell us about your background uh, about Your experiences about what's going on in the finance industry and uh, about the IMA, I think that's, uh, we've covered quite a lot of ground today.
1: Thank you so much for your time too, David.